Welcome to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Duinay. This podcast is sponsored by BoomCloud Dental Membership Software, www.boomcloudapps.com, and Veritas Dental Resources, www.veritasdentalresources.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast. I am your co-host today, Jordan Comstock, and today we've got an awesome, awesome guest. His name is Kirk Barrett. He is the CEO and founder of Act Dental, and he also is the founder of the Best Practices Show. I'm excited to have him on our show. He's full of energy and a very fun person to learn from. So if you guys give your full attention to Mr. Kirk Barrett. I am pumped up. Yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> big fan of your show. I love it. Hey, well, I'm a big fan of both of yours. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as you already know, this is fun. It's a great profession. Lots to talk about. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Totally, totally. I, I saw um, a YouTube clip of you. You were you you were imitating a, a TV episode. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what it was. Jack thought, Nicholson, a few yeah. Different, yeah. <laughs> do, nice. do you do that every time you lecture, or do you do, do certain occasions? Uh, well, I don't know. You know, um, you're gonna, as you guys get to know me, you're going to see I'm not very smart at a lot of things. But like <laughs> I, I, you know, I grew up watching movies, doing imitations, and uh, my parents were broke growing up, so I worked at Applebee's and uh, Champ Sports Bar. I was a bartender, and I. Yeah, I loved imitating people, make having fun. And so when I got involved in dentistry like 20-some years ago, I was watching some dentists get really stressed. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at it. He's going to blow a lid right now. <laughs> and then I just I joked around at a little conference, and I did this little skit with another guy. And people went crazy for it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. And, you know, I don't know. It's just I, So every once in a while, you know, a lot of times I do it. But then I'm – you know, I don't know. I just kind of go with the energy of it, but it's fun. I, I really enjoy it. I I had a great time. I watch it like five times. Uh, <laughs> I I do I do the haka when I'm speaking. Well, sometimes I don't do it all the time. But you should do it all the time, dog. Fr- from time to time, <laughs> like up at the Voices of Dentistry conference. I don't I I don't know if you were there or not, but uh, no, I, I was. But I listened to the one where you guys in Spodak. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> haka. Yeah. I've heard that, I've heard you guys talk about that a couple times, yeah. and then caught a glimpse of it but it's awesome man <laughs> you know it's that it's that energy that uh that you just need to i don't know i i did it the first time i did it was at mark costas's second ever summit yeah and uh he had he had uh two i think two or three dentists from new zealand and australia mm-hmm. and i just got on stage and i didn't plan this at all i said you know what doing the haka is a sign of respect <clears throat> in new zealand and I did it, and the crowd just went crazy. They just went nuts. I was like, you know what? Totally. Maybe we should do this all the time. Yeah. And, and then That's I awesome. saw yours. I thought, you know, this is this this is the future of dentistry. You know, <laughs> the dental dental conferences right there. You know, people going crazy on stage. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you dude. heard this. Like everything's got to be edutainment now. People want to be entertained. Totally. They want to be enlightened. I like yeah. being entertained. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, hundred percent. Exactly. You can entertain me and educate me at the same time. That's like the magic formula. <laughs> I, I'm preparing for my – well, by the way, this is the podcast, Jordan. We'll do an intro later. But I already ah. record. Oh, um, great. Yeah, we'll do an intro I, later. Great. I'm, well, I'm <laughs> so honored to be on here. And like I feel so good. 
that you guys can talk my language where we don't really prepare. We just kind of jump on. We just on, jump in and go. <laughs> hey, we'll come up with a whole title and yeah. a whole bunch of other things later. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Absolutely. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I'm in the process of preparing for the Washington State, um, the, the Pacific North, Northwest Dental Conference. So they gave me, I think they gave me six or eight hours next Friday. And that is a lot of wow, time. Dude. You know, they, they broke it up into two chunks in the morning. I'm All doing you? four hours. And in the afternoon, I'm doing four hours. You're yeah. doing four and hours. Holy smokes. Yeah. I know. That's a lot. I've never done eight hours. Um, and so I'm, I'm preparing the presentation. Do the haka. So if anybody's listening that's going to be at that conference, there's going to be a part of the presentation where people are just going to be crying emotionally <laughs> and then five minutes later just be laughing hysterically. You know? <laughs> nice. And I think those – I've, I've used that technique in my my presentations over the years, you know, telling a personal story just to illustrate the point of how terrible insurance is, you know, and then <laughs> and then building up by 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 talking about how wonderful the dental industry is, you know, with some humor, yeah. and yeah. and I like and and I notice that your style of presenting too is is very identical. In fact, yours is a lot more effective than mine. In terms of the engagement, you know, you, you engage with the listeners in a way that is just, uh, I think a lot of speakers envy that and a lot of speakers can want to build up to that. So, well, yeah, well, you're going to have a great time. I have no doubt you're going to have a lot of fun with those people. That's a fantastic meeting. Um, just very well attended, great energy. Gosh, I wish I'd come up. That's too far for me to go just to check out your lectures. But, you know, that's, uh, I have no doubt you're going to have a great time doing it. No, thank you. Thank you. So, so. Um, if you don't mind us asking, I know I know a lot of people know your history better than I do. I, I listen to your podcast every week, and uh, so you mentioned you were a bartender. How did you get involved nice. in dentistry? Yeah, so I don't know. Like I really don't know. <laughs> I just kind of I, fell I, in it. I woke up. I was at like, the bar, and then I was in dentistry. Yeah, I would say it's one of those things. Now I don't really remember what happened in between there, but no, no, no. Um, no I grew up. Um, you know, my parents awesome parents, but we didn't really have any money growing up. It's very middle class, and my dad just taught us to work hard. So I had like four jobs through college, and um, went to the University of Minnesota, tried to walk on, play football there. Didn't work out so well. Went on to University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, graduated there, and then I just worked. I mean, I had like I drove forklift at night. Uh, uh, worked at Applebee's. I always drive by Applebee's and I look at my kids. I have four kids, three teenage daughters and one 10 year old boy. I always look at my kids and I go, I was a three time employee of the month at Applebee's. They're like, you're so weird. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause I loved it. It was you're great. So you know, <laughs> I'm so weird, you know, and, uh, but really in the service industry, you learn how to take care of people. And I, I got to tell totally. you, like he brought joy to my heart. I just, I really enjoyed taking care of people. I knew what they ate. I knew what they drank. I enjoyed making them happy. And so, um, you know, I had two guys that would come in. One guy who was just an incredible entrepreneur. I just saw him actually a couple of weeks ago uh, here in Milwaukee. One of my favorite mentors of all time. He owned a dental laboratory and a supply company. He said, hey, look, you'd be great in working with dentists. And I go, no, dentists are crazy. I even go to the dentist. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 come on in. And I'm like, and he taught me so much. I'm so grateful for that first experience. And, um, you know, he had an idea for doing a dental supply company and running it out of the back room of a, a dental laboratory. And he had seven lab trucks circulating through the city of Milwaukee. So this is wow. way back before UPS and 
all that stuff. And so if you ran out of gel trade or dash gloves, we could get it to you in no time. And so I just learned how to take care of people. We had over 600 dentists as clients. And, wow. you know, in, in every industry, this isn't just dentistry. You got the top 10 that really care. They're passionate. You got the bottom 10% that would rather do anything else. And then you got the bell curve in the middle. And it's not good, bad, or indifferent. It's just that my energy came from working with the people that were really enjoying, committed what they were doing. And I heard about this place called the Panky Institute and some other things, which I didn't really know a lot about. And I found a unique opportunity in Scottsdale, Arizona, working with a couple, uh, you know, it's still a big practice management, dentistry, continuation, continue, continuing education hub up there. And I uh, moved out there when I was 24 years old, had a great time. And one of the first courses I went to see was uh, a course by a 64-year-old dentist. And I remember I had a mentor at the age of 24. And thank God, because I wasn't showering or anything like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was familiar. Great, yeah, it was a great, you know, it was just one of those things where you're still trying to figure out who you are. And, you, and uh, he said, you're going to go watch a 64-year-old dentist speak for three days. And I'm like, I don't want to go see some 64-year-old dentist speak for three days. <laughs> You know, because when you're in your 20s, you have it all figured out. And then you turn 30 and you go, wow, there's a lot I don't know. And in 40, you wonder if you know anything. Um, <laughs> and that dentist was Dr. Peter Dawson. And the course was called How yeah. to Put Your Practice in the Top 10%. And I got to tell you, like, I still have my workbook. It's actually right behind me. And I took all the notes and I'm like, man, this is unbelievable. It's a three-day course. I wrote and I couldn't stop writing and it really inspired me because a lot of the things I'd heard in dentistry were, you know, grow, go big or go home and, you know, people would be showing airplanes and second homes and race cars and all that kind of stuff and gorgeous dentistry. And while Peter Dawson showed some beautiful dentistry, it wasn't about that. It was really, it was like a core values ex exercise for me. So I don't know. It's just, I, you know. I just, it lit my fire and, you know, I had nothing to lose. I had no money anyway. So I was like, all right, let's do this. And um, <laughs> I just became a, C, a certified CE junkie and I'm still a recovering junkie in that respect. My wife thinks I'm crazy. She's like, you could sit in these courses for five days, can't you? I go, I could. <laughs> That's just weird. And I go, I know, I don't know how to stop it. So, um, you know, and I, I had a great opportunity to work with, you know, there, there's a great practice management company out there, my, Dr. Michael Schuster, who, who I worked oh, yeah. with for a little bit. Uh, then I got involved a little bit more with the Panky Institute, got a little bit more involved with the Dawson Academy. And at the ripe old age of 27, went to see the movie Jerry Maguire, and I thought I could do this on my own. And I, again, I just broke it off. My wife and I had just started dating, and she says, let's do this. And so we lived in a studio apartment, and she supported me, and God is good. You know, we just, uh, things have, you know, we were blessed. The first client I ever had, Dr. Bernie Villadiego, Chatsworth, California, and, you know, he's a big spear guy now. And he was like, look, can you help me? And he helped me as much as I was helping him, and I'm just grateful for all these relationships. And you know, you know how it is. Relationships drive everything. And so totally. we've been on this journey now. Um, we're in the 21st year of running our company. Our company's not a big company, but like, I just love working with people that want to, you know, have a better practice and a better life. And that's kind of like our tagline, our act yeah. dental, we're a coaching company. And we just, I mean, we're, I'm no different than you. I just, I want to study what the best do. I love people that leave, you know, success leaves clues. We've heard that, but I love the people that are you know, focused, they love their families, they aren't easily distracted, and they've got, I, I think balance is elusive. I don't really think you have balance. I think you just tackle the big things, and then you let everything else fall where it may fall. Um, but there's evidence of the people that I wanted to be around, and it doesn't make a good, bad, or different, but that's what we focus on now. 
That's and awesome. Very it's cool. it's a blast. And you guys already know this. Like, I'm a huge fan of everything you guys do. I listen to your stuff. <laughs> and I find myself, like, if you ever pulled up next to me while I'm listening to your podcast, it looks like I'm talking to myself. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> like, people pull up next to me and they go, who are you talking to? And I'm like, I'm talking to the guys I'm listening to, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because dentistry is just an amazing profession. There's infinite possibilities. More than half of the public, you know, doesn't even go to the dentist. Half of the public doesn't even have you know, dental insurance. So there's yeah. a, there's a, there's a blue ocean of opportunity out there and very few dentists ever go broke. The only ones that do do something really stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so it's impossible to go broke. Um, us news and world report ranked at number two again this year it was number one last year. When you look wow. at work life balance and all the, um, data that supports it, you can't pick a better profession. You just can't. Yeah. Right. I agree. So, I'm pumped to go any direction you guys want to go. That's, that's a little bit of my story. My wife, Sarah, she's just been the backbone of keeping this whole thing going. Three teenage daughters uh, and one son who's 10, and we're just trying to figure it out like everybody else. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we we awesome. all kind of kind of have similar ways that uh, that we got into dental. You know, I uh, I started in dentistry when I was 27 years old. Had no idea that this was going to be my long-term profession. I was in a completely different industry, but once <laughs> yeah. I got into it, I realized, holy cow! There is so much to work on. I mean, there's we work with dentists in Arizona that have been in practice for 40 years, and they had they had no idea what ins- anything about insurance. You know, insurance was new to them, but they've been in practice for 40 years. 40 years, wow. right? And I and I just started to realize that wow, there's just so much to do to improve this industry um, from a service perspective. You know, as a non-clinician, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I just kind of stumbled across, uh, upon the insurance stuff. People call me crazy. It's like, why did you focus on insurance? Because it's like insurance the biggest like problem the biggest in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, but you know, when you re- when you resolve those things, it, it it brings the greatest sense of fulfillment, in my opinion. At least for me, yeah. I, I love tackling the difficult. Um, question about so you went to you went to Minnesota, then you went to to um, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. So are you a Minnesota's fan or are you a Vikings or a Packers? Ooh, good question. <laughs> no, like I am born in Brett. Like there, there's no options. In, in, <laughs> when you have my last name, there's only one team in the NFL. Now they play a whole bunch of other teams. <laughs> but if you're going to cheer for anybody other than the Packers, you got to live with somebody else and you got to change your last name. So I tell all my kids that when they're old enough to understand. So my kids are brainwashed just like I am. There is only one team in the NFL. It's the Green Bay Packers. No joke. I mean, he's downstairs right now, but I have a golden retriever. His name is Roger and named after <laughs> Nice. I, we, we don't mess around here. Like oh, the town shuts down. My 92-year-old grandmother refuses to take any phone calls when the Packers are playing. She does not be bothered. Um, it is the focus of her week. So, uh, oh, no, we funny. live, eat, and sleep Packer football here. Go Pack, go. Same here. <laughs> yeah, I, you too, I, Ben, right? <laughs> I've been a Packers fan since I, since Brett Favre was traded from – he came from where? The Falcons? He came from Miami. the Falcons, yeah. And he came yeah. to Bay and back when Reggie Wright was there. you know, And, and a lot of my neighbors that have been Packers fans for, for a long – I actually have a neighbor that is um, – um, his family has season tickets, and so he's been trying to get me to come out to Lambo. And I just oh, haven't. you haven't been? <laughs> I've you not. haven't been to the Holy Land. Oh the my Holy gosh, Land. you gotta go! I, I bought you gotta shares. go. I bought shares right. back in 2010 when they opened it up after winning the Super Bowl. Was oh, me too. Or 11, and I get the invitation to go every year for the shareholder meeting in July. 
but something always comes up every year that I get something scheduled for work that I can't go, and, and this year is no different. <laughs> well, you come, you come up here. I'll I'll meet you up there. We'll meet up there, and I'll give you the ultimate Lambo experience. But you got to experience that. Now, how old are you, Ben? You're how old? Thirty-seven. Okay, so you're. I'm forty-eight. So you might not remember names like you know David Whitehurst, Lynn Dickey. All I mean, I had to sit through all those games. So for years and years and years, we got beat up, and then this guy named. <laughs> Favre, which we couldn't get his name right for like a whole season, and Favre, I mean, he changed everything. So I was there in the Super Bowl when, you know, when we went and, uh, you know, he won Super Bowl. So it's it's such a great thing. And everybody's got to have a sports team. You know, you got to have a team. you got to have somebody to root for. But it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm trying to get more Utah people here to cheer for the Packers, but... You know, Good we're, luck state, that, we're, right? we're a state without, yeah, we don't have, we don't have a nation here in, in Utah. <laughs> Nobody, you know, there's no real, I mean, my neighbors are either Eagles fans or, you know, Denver, Colorado, uh, uh, Broncos, but, uh, you know, Packers all the way, man. I, I love the Packers. That's <clears throat> good stuff. Yeah. So, hey, shifting into some of the practice management stuff that you do. So, so as you deal with clients, um, do you find any? Do you see any trends with regards to insurance? Are are more of your clients or more of the dentists that you you affiliate with are are they being, becoming more attached to participating with insurance, or are a lot of them getting out of insurance? What's what's been your experience so far? Yeah, and I love this conversation, especially be yeah, great, great question, especially with you guys because you guys are like the authority in navigating dental insurance, but. You know, in 20 some years of being in this great industry, you got to remember like it's always been the end. The end is near. I heard some of the best <laughs> people in all of the professions say, you know, in the in the next three years, there will only be cash and HMO. PPOs will disappear. <laughs> you know, dentists are famous for constantly predicting it's over yeah. and it never happening, you know. Yeah. So um, it's so interesting. And yet the game of navigating around dental insurance, I hit everyone says, Oh, it's so much harder now. I don't know if it is harder or not. It is what it is. And the bottom line is, is that, um, I just find more people are paralyzed because of the amount of information. Now I've one, let me couple your, I'm going to answer your question a couple ways. Number one, I only have one problem with all dentistry, just one. It's so fear driven everywhere you go yeah it's fear driven it's over dentists you know it's it's you know suicide opi no 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 there's so much opportunity and hope on the on the other side of it and i think if you can get yourself in the right circles no different than you being a young professional you got to get in the right groups you got to be in the right neighborhood of people mm -hmm. that are helping you think correctly and these kids that are coming out right now they know there's a world of possibility outside of ppos and they're around mentors you know when i got started there were concepts like preceptorships you got involved and you had dentists that were willing to give their fridays they'd say come over to my office i'm going to show you a bunch of things don't do what i did you know i want you guys to get a good start it was very much uh I don't know how to say it, but it was very much a communal type thing. And now we have community, but it's kind of, it's taken a different shape. But I find that the kids that are coming out and they know there's possibilities do really, really well. And they can titrate insurance, you know, adjust the pressure. They can often slow down their participation. But what you guys teach, you know, the membership thing and all of that, I mean, that's a no-brainer. If you're listening yeah. to this podcast and you don't listen to the other shows that these guys do, that's just – that's negligible because what you guys teach is like it's the golden no brain like don't even think about it like don't even contemplate it don't even like try to debate build a membership 
you know, uh, in-house benefits program. It's a no-brainer. Just do it. And once you do that, it's bigger than the program. You start to see that people will pay for things that they value. No oh, different than if you were talking about restaurants, all that kind of stuff. So what I'm seeing is probably no different than what I saw 20-some years ago because people were scared to death 20 years ago. Yeah. They still said the same things. I can't find the right people. Oh, there's insurance. is killing everything. <laughs> now, it's the same complaints. It's just the people that don't complain are more, what do I say, engaged. They're more aware that there's opportunity. It's the people that sit and just read, you know, feeds on web pages and think the world's going to end. It, <laughs> it, it makes you nuts. Yeah. And yeah. so I think there's a certain point where you've got to say, hey, look, I got to be in control of my future. And we would say this if we had young teenage kids on here. You write the chapter in every story of your book. Nobody writes your book okay mm -hmm. this is the united states of america you're in the greatest profession ever stop complaining write your chapters now is it going to be a quick book no every chapter the book has got to get a little bit better and there's a lot of kids that i have that have gone completely insurance free but if we have brought them on here they would never tell you yeah, it was easy i did a few things no they work <laughs> hard they're emotionally engaged. They understand verbal skills are critical. They also have to condition the mindset of their teams. They got to have great systems in place. You know, everybody wants the medal. You know, everybody wants to run a marathon and get the medal, but nobody wants to do the training. And right. so if you understand that the training is part of the benefit and the marathon is the reward, that's part of the journey in dentistry. The journey is the reward. You got to constantly be engaged. And one of the things that Pete Dawson said more than 20 years ago is, Kirk, don't ever say you have it figured out. Never, because you never do. And if you tell yourself, I want to constantly be learning, and uh, it keeps you young, keeps you engaged. And I never, ever want to be the smartest guy in a room. I'm in the wrong room if I'm the smartest guy. Yeah. You know? So those I love are. That. I just think, I think it's the most incredible profession ever. It's just that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably about 50% ahead of everybody else. Because you're listening to what's really going on and you're engaged in hope-based information, not fear-driven information. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, that, po that positive mentality, it just, it makes a world of difference. I remember being in a conference back in 2011, you know, when I was a, a younger speaker, uh, speaking with people that were twice my age, that, you know, had 100 times more wisdom than I did. Um, and I remember some of the participants as we would go and have dinner with them after the meeting, and the older, a couple of the older dentists, one of which was an NFL player, and he was just just bashing the whole thing, you know, all this positive kumbaya crap, <laughs> you know, burn, might as well just burn the incense and stuff. And he ended up be becoming burn a client, you know. And I noticed that that core group of people that were just so negative, um, compared to the other groups of, uh, you know, the other dentists that were positive that looked at life and business from the perspective of of abundance. There's yeah. just a lot to capture out there. There are huge differences in these types of practices, you know, just with the mentality of the leaders or the owners that, that, that run those practices. You know, the negative guys, you know, they, they struggle. And, and the yeah. positive guys, they, they thrive, you know. So we, we've created a study club here in Utah. My, my good friend, Kurt Brimley, by the, Jordan, you had lunch with, well, you had lunch. Well, I had to cancel lunch with him, Ben. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So blew him off. I, no, no. Yeah. We just no. rescheduled. <laughs> oh. I don't. I got double booked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. so, oh, you got double booked. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that rude, so, Kirk. <laughs> we built the study club, and it was the, the whole intent was to get 
uh, to, number one, improve the fee schedule standard here in Utah. Pe- a lot of yeah. people don't know Utah, Utah. The cost of living here has gone up so much just in the last three years. I yeah, mean, it has. The average family can't even purchase a home here in Lehigh, you know. And and so so we built this study club in an effort to engage in in these positive aspects of CE and communication and getting doctors to get get over the fear of insurance and start to embrace it for what it is you know and take advantage of the opportunities you know learn how to play the games if you will and i think the poorest guy in the room you know take home money is 250,000 you know for some doctors that's not a lot but for for most doctors that's quite that's pretty good you know yeah you know and, and that's the culture of the doctors that i found that you know the ones that are positive especially the ones that were so sick of insurance and i can't say that anybody should should ever be satisfied with insurance but you can look at it from a positive perspective yeah. and find ways to thrive find ways to capture the totally Right, right, right. And what you're doing is fabulous for dentistry because while you have a study club, the real benefit of it is mindset. You're protecting because the the income and everything, that's the byproduct of it. But when you're in a room such as the one that you're facilitating, you're creating abundance through really great mindset. And that's where everything happens. And you find if you're, you know, you could sit here and debate this, what we're talking about and say, ah, it's negative. But really people that are negative, they got problems elsewhere that compound. It compounds into their marriage. It compounds into their relationships at home. And while nobody has to be crazy positive, you just got to be thinking well of the opportunities that are in front of you. And I always, I joke, but this isn't a joke, like your best years of your life they always have to be in front of you. They can never be behind you because the second they're behind you, it's over. Now we're just looking at sand go through an hourglass and we're just counting days until it's up for you. And so I find the best are always playing a game to try to find out how do we create the best years that are in front of us. I like that. I love that. I like that. I remember somebody saying, you know, five years ago, I said, you know, 2010, well, 2013 was the, the, the greatest year in my, my profession. <laughs> and somebody else in the room said, well, what the hell have you been up to, up to since then? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a book no one wants to read. <laughs> yeah, that's a book. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, a, that's a book. You know, Bill Robbins, one of my favorite. He's 40 years of clinical practice. He's in his late 60s. He, every time I see him, every time, he goes, Kirk, there has never been a greater time to be a dentist. Like, there's never been. <laughs> That's and I'm awesome. like, buddy, it is so great just to be around me. But because by osmosis, what happens when you're around him, all the residue of that just falls on you. And it just blesses your life in so many different ways. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I think having a good positive attitude and, and just a good attitude helps a lot in life, in business and life, right? Um, I mean, I've had challenges. If, if I think if I, if I were to have a, a negative mindset that I probably wouldn't be here today right um but it's because of a positive mindset uh in business and life that is that brings you those awesome opportunities that that come at you every day well jordan's story is remarkable two years ago it was two years ago wasn't it jordan uh it was back in 2015 i believe yeah yeah Yeah. it was two years ago two years ago i'm not going to put words in your mouth but it was you know, it was, it was very close to throwing in the towel. Oh, dude! And Jordan, Jordan <laughs> just—he just stuck it out. He was just so positive about things. And you, uh, two years later, it seems like you've accomplished so much just in the last two years. But, <laughs> well, but thanks, I think ben. I think your your positivity. I mean, there's just so much to say about uh, positive. You know, I don't know if there's a greater power beyond, you know, in the universe that that helps support and helps you know reward those that are positive. But yeah, you know, it's it's so true. You know, that positive energy does. Uh, 
does make a big difference. I remember I used to be a DJ in high school. That was Dude, my, I didn't know that. That's job. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, so, Penn. What, what was your music your D- type thing? Dude, what, like, was, yeah. music. What, well, what was your DJ <laughs> name? That's what I want to know. No, it was like 80s rap or what was it? Do you know what <laughs> so was it? my, my – yeah, it was. It was everything. It, well, we did everything. The funny thing is, is that my cousin ran ran this uh, this media business, uh, this business, and I, I was one of his DJs. My my <laughs> name was Sniff Dog. Sniff Dog. And, uh, I'm gonna start calling you <laughs> Sniff Dog now, <laughs> Dog. You're gonna get the butt end of a lot of jokes. Like that Sniff Dog. <laughs> I, I, yep, I heard dog. them all. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious, Ben. <laughs> so the funny thing is, is that. <laughs> you know, when you're playing music for people and you're watching them dance, it it influences you as a, as a DJ. Yeah. You know, to what music you're going to play. If people aren't dancing, you immediately immediately change the music. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, and you you want to find the music that they that that the group the crowd likes. It was so funny because we you know I showed up to this one meet and we started to get set up and and they put curtains around us. I was like, why are you blocking us from the floor around the DJ and. Yeah, they said we we hmm. got to see the people in order for us to know what you know what music to play, and they said no, we're going to give you a playlist. And, and I asked my cousin, I said why you know why are we being blocked from everybody? He's like, this is a strip club. Oh. <laughs> oh. Thirteen years old. Thir- you were thirteen. I was thirteen. Nice. Nick and that dog. was the only time I could not. I couldn't feel the music. I was playing music because it was on a list. Uh-huh. But as as a DJ, you have to know how to blend. You have to know how yeah, to scratch totally. and do all the other stuff to, to get. And 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 you really move with the beat of the dancers. That's really what 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 it's all about. But that was my first experience where I was get going into this blind. Uh-huh. And I kind of I kind of think about you know that those dentists that I used to work with that were in practice for forty years. That really didn't know what a PNL. They they didn't know what a yeah. PNL stood for. They didn't yeah. know what assignment benefit meant, you know. And 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 I wonder. I I don't know how it was to practice dentistry 30, 40 years ago. Um, but in this day and age, you can't survive without understanding what EBITDA means. You know. Yeah. No <laughs> way. Yeah. You know, you can't fly blindly because you know, just like being a DJ, you gotta you gotta kind of feel things in the practice and be well well connected with all moving parts in in the office. So, Craig, you you work with the Dental Intel folks, right? Here, up, yeah, up here love Dental Intel, love them. Yeah, yeah. They're great guys. What's yeah. your take trends with numbers? Because I I'm meeting with Kurt. Uh, they have a new insurance com- uh, fee schedule component that I'm going to be uh, checking out here, hopefully oh, tomorrow. Cool. Yeah, and I'm excited to see how that turns out because, you know, um, as I got to know the Dental Intel guys, and I'll just tell the short story on this. They came out and they were, they were trying to propose to us, hey, look, we have a better handle on numbers than you do. And I'm like, okay, you guys are kids, and I've been doing this for a long time. You know, I, <laughs> like, I have I have an Excel spreadsheet that tracks 222 lines of data. And now I think that sounds horrible. But like they're like, no, 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 there's only four numbers that really drive a practice. And I sat back and I listened to them. I had Weston and, and Rob Bay, and I've gotten to know Curtis and all all those guys over there. And so yeah. after about an hour, I'm like, holy moly, you guys nailed it. And, you know, working with some of their chief engineers behind the scenes because they do such a great job of harvesting the data that we need. They make our jobs so much easier. And when you talk about trends, the trends are very powerful because if you're listening to this podcast, here's what I've learned for sure. Without data, you're just having a conversation. Yep. And it's so critical to understand what that means. Like, cause I used to have conversations and we would uh, hypothesize on certain things, but when you have data, 
you now know it's no different than if this was we're, we were a bunch of cardiologists we're talking about patients no 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 the data kind of dispels everything we're talking about and it gives us a good indicator of whether or not what we're choosing to do is the right thing to do and so trends that we're seeing like these guys brought into the whole circle the hygiene reappointment percentage also you know the metrics behind ar we talk about visits you talk about you know pr production per visit once a dentist gets their arms around this now you can choose you can choose to really create a better practice and better life because you don't have to work evenings and and saturdays and sundays like people are people are losing their minds chasing this production thing when all they're thinking about is more new patients and is what's you know what those guys told me and showed me specifically is new patients are often the worst and they are like they can be the worst a lot of them don't show up it's really about not so much new patients, but how do we grow and keep real active patients in the practice? And if you look at their dashboards, and we do it all the time, you can see so easily, I don't care if you have a college degree or not, how you can grow a business by just paying attention. Now, are the numbers most important? No. But really, the numbers tell the story of how you're doing and how you can make adjustments. And making sure that the team is involved is a great way to, to improve patient care and drive team engagement. So are you seeing a totally. lot of doctors out there that just, you know, they, they don't, so not, not many know resources like Dental, Dental Intel or uh, data extraction companies that help <clears throat> make sense of numbers. My experience has been, since I've been in dentistry, is that the numbers are, are, aren't really paid attention to, at least among the clientele that I have. What are you seeing among many doctors out there in terms of a analysis on, on uh, practice numbers? Okay, let me go to the, I'll go to the end result and then we can go to the middle because I want you to listen to why this would be important. So I just talked to a dentist yesterday, one of our clients. She works three and a half days a week and what she nets, you wouldn't even believe me if I told you. She doesn't do a dime of insurance, not a dime of insurance, and she doesn't practice anywhere near a big city. It's because she knows her business in and out. She's also learned how to become a great leader. She diagnosis, she's probably one of the best ever at her age. She's going, she went through Panky, went through Dawson, now she's going through Spear. She's learning constantly, and she knows the numbers in and out. So once you get all that together, you can put a formula together for you that just doesn't compete with anyone else's. We have so many young dentists now going seven to three, four days a week without a lunch. They get a whole day after their day is done. You know, a single doctor can produce well into 1.5, $1.4 million range and keep almost half of it, net half of it. Wow. And at that point, you really want to decide, you got to really make a very intelligent decision beyond that. Because saying that you're going to produce 1.7 million or 2.1 million, 2.1 is really kind of irresponsible and stupid if you don't know the responsibilities that come with it. You're going to be talking about more teeth. Then you also got to do an analysis of your income because I'll show you on a spreadsheet, the government's going to take a substantial portion of that anyway. And if you've got young children, you can do the math here. Do you want to be a dad or do you want to crush it and give a, you know, make a little bit more money and still give a a substantial portion of the government like you got to really be a very intelligent person at that point because most people didn't go into dentistry to make money 
They went into it to have a great life, a great profession. Oh, by the way, make a great income. But really, because they saw something special with the dentist they saw before them, they were great parents. You know, I have so many dentists that once they get their arms around this, they're like, no, no, no. My job is to be a soccer coach. I want to watch my kids grow up. I want to stay married. You know what I mean? And I want to enjoy my life. Most of the clinicians I have, the highest netters and the highest producers in the United States, they don't work 200 days a week. They work 175 to 165 days, but I'll tell you, their decisions are data driven. That's amazing. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. You just you just helped me connect the dots as to why I didn't become a dentist. Why? <laughs> my uncle drilled into my teeth without any anesthesia. Run <laughs> 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 for the hill. Oh boy! <laughs> I wanted to hurt him. I was eight years old and had so many cavities. You have you, how many issues, don't you? <laughs> no, I love him to death. You know, he's dead now. No, he's still alive. But, uh, but <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. He, uh, he, he's a great guy. It's just in the islands, you know. It's either the way he said it. He says it's either I do this or you're going to lose your teeth. You know, and uh, so I did. Whoa. It. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, all right. Holy but, smokes! Uh, but the trends in data, you know, it's going to be really exciting to see what you guys do on that front, especially as you start to get more data and compile it, because it's only going to help clinicians out there make an informed decision about how they navigate to the place that they want to go. Um, because really, insurance, the insurance game and what you guys do is so valuable, the rules are going to constantly change. They are, they're changing totally. all, every time. Yeah. You know, They go to dentists that are providers all the time, and they go, hey, guess what? We're changing the rules, and all they have to do is inform you in this big written document that comes 30 days prior to them making the change. The dentist doesn't even open up the envelope. They throw it in the trash, and they go, what do you mean you're changing the reimbursement rates? Well, that's never going to change because <laughs> insurance has nothing to do with that. While well, they call it you know, dental insurance, it has nothing to do with the health or the dental needs of anybody it's all totally. about cost yeah you know and it is yeah. what it is so um you know you're already seeing this where premier is disappearing in certain states and a lot of dentists yeah. are going to the ppo um you know the the regular ppo plans and they're doing the math on this and they're thinking gosh i'm gonna have to work twice as hard you know and the other thing too i'm gonna say this if you're a young dentist and you're listening to this you got to you know buyer beware when you're buying somebody's practice who is a premier provider you will not be in most cases you're going to be on the lower level plan and so many young dentists make that mistake they go i bought a premier practice i'm like no the dentist you bought the practice from is a premier provider but you my friend are going to be on the most basic ppo plan so wow. you got to know yeah. the ins and outs of that and then also too there's so many great resources out there in which you can negotiate reimbursement in some cases in some cases you can't but really it's going to be a mathematical formula and um, and again, you got to know the numbers. So you, the numbers are just the important piece of this. So you don't go crazy. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> I agree. I know practice. I know doctors that take really low fee schedules in areas where the average PPO discount is over forty percent. Wow. And uh, they still produce uh, one point five to two million dollars, and you know they take home more than half a million. <clears throat> you know, it's, mm. it's it's totally possible if you if you if you Ooh. know how to analyze you know those numbers. numbers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kurt, well, hey, it was, uh, gosh, this has been really fun. Um, so where are, you, where are you up to next? Where, where Where's your next speaking assignment? Do you have a list of places you're going to be at next? Well, I'm very grateful. Like, uh, I love the speaking thing, but one of the things I did years ago when my family was growing is I just basically shut down for the months of the summer. So just June, July, and August, I don't travel. 
which is Smart. really key. Yeah. You know, you only get 16 summers with each kid, and so my yeah. oldest is 17. <laughs> I want to enjoy every single. Now I still work during the day, but no, no, no. I don't do anything until September, and then September through May, I run full speed. Um, usually speaking somewhere on a Friday, almost every Friday. But I leave on Thursdays and Thursday afternoons. Come home Friday, um, Friday nights. You know, Friday afternoons. But um, so you know, when it comes to Chicago, Hinman, all those meetings, I'll be out there. And uh, you know those things are just a lot of fun. So yeah. nothing really on the horizon as far as the summer goes. Just going to enjoy that as much as possible. Yeah, I'm gonna, summer, I'll man. tell you what I'm really going to do. I'm going to be listening more of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. No, it's great well, education. That- <laughs> I mean, it, it, you're, you guys give such great high-level education for free, man. I don't have to get on a plane. I can listen to it in the car, talk to myself, take some notes. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, we love yours because yeah. yours is video, yeah. and uh, yeah, I'm, I subscribe to. Well, I'm on your Facebook page, and I get the notifications of everything that you do. Yeah, and, so do I. Yeah, and uh, we, you know, we watch them all the time. But I, I appreciate your your endorsement and recommendation of our podcast. You know, yeah. it's, it's like a celebrity endorsement. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a celebrity hey, endorsement. <laughs> we are all here put to help each other. And man, I tell you, I don't even know what I'm doing yet, but I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And it's just <laughs> great to be, you know, connected with great, great people like you guys. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on here. And uh, we'll have many more, more conversations just like this. Absolutely. Totally, is it totally. okay if we post your Facebook, your website, and your your information? Absolutely. Just do it all. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> we highly recommend you. I mean, if you if you're not listening to Kirk's uh, you got podcast, to. Yeah, you got to listen to it. it. It is entertaining. It's educational. It's high level. It's positive. It's full of the abundance mentality, which yes, I really really love. Which is very important. And, yeah. You know, I I uh, there are so many great podcasts out there, and I I'd say if I were to pick my top five. Definitely, Kirk's podcast is is in that top five. So we'll post out all that information in the show notes for anybody that's interested in in chiming into his podcast. Kirk, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? No, just a you know, I would just say this. You know, we only get one shot at this thing called life, but you know what? If you do it right, and there's so many people out there to help you, it's pretty much all you need. You can really enjoy it without any regrets, and just enjoy every single day. It's awesome. 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 Super, well, yeah. hey, thanks. Thanks for being on our podcast. We love the energy. Yes, <laughs> absolutely love forever. it. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> I don't even know what we talked about, but it was fun. <laughs> you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you, thanks, sir. Kirk. You too. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right. See you, Sniff Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.